Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Xvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. If you're one of the 97% of the sales leaders that have a sales process but don't have a structured one-on-one coaching process, check out Xvoyant today. The Exvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones with each rep will drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will create new normals and impact your organization almost immediately. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every single rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Exvoyant can help you create a sales dynasty faster than you ever thought possible. We're excited to announce the release of the Exvoyant Sales Leadership eBook. This book features secrets of some of the world's greatest sales leaders. You'll be introduced to coaching tactics, the building blocks of high growth, and other insights you can apply to help how you lead your team. This book is free, no strings attached. So head to exvoyant.com, download the book, read it, and share it today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Tim Clark, founder and CEO of Uncrushed. Tim is going to share the Uncrushed story with us, and many of you may know him for the amazing work he does as the head of product marketing for Salesforce CPQ, and before that, Salesforce Sales Cloud, things like the Dreamforce Sales Summit, Quotable, and many other Salesforce mainstays have Tim's fingerprints all over them. Tim has the motto of live life, give back, change lives. He's committed to always over-delivering, constantly learning, creating change, and making an impact. He's passionate about giving back through volunteering and fundraising, uh, partnering with some of the most impactful nonprofits. Tim's joining us today to talk about a key part of helping each member of our team do their very best work, but in a way we don't think about or maybe more importantly, don't talk about often enough. As a result, I'm pumped to have Tim join us today. Tim, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Rob. Really excited to be part of this. And as you said, yeah, this is going to be a really uh, valuable and interesting conversation for for all of our listeners and and definitely our sales leaders, I think. So I want to start, you know, I know who you are and anybody that's been in sales. I mean, you're right now with one of the most iconic companies in sales, Salesforce. Uh, I've been to the sales summit that's been at Dreamforce. Quotable became exactly that, Quotable. Your fingerprints are everywhere. Um, you've had a massive impact on the modern sales environment, Tim. Can you just share a little bit about your story and what led you to where you are, how you got in sales, and just a little bit about your journey before we get into what we're going to talk about today? Absolutely, yeah. I, I uh, actually majored in university in philosophy and theology. Uh, and no way. Too much. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that degree? I, I guess maybe you become a teacher. Uh, and then I, I landed in sales pretty quickly. And so, uh, as you can tell from the accent, I, I started out my sales career in England, working for uh, a number of different companies. 
and kind of working my way up from inside sales uh, through to owning my own accounts to some of the larger global accounts um, before I joined Salesforce in 2012. And uh, my journey in Salesforce has is, is just been amazing, um, you know, both in the UK and then I moved to the US in 2015. And so I spent a couple of years at Salesforce in sales, uh, looking after some of our largest media uh, customers in the UK. And then I ran Sales Cloud Product Marketing in Mia, and that was really part of our drive to continue to uh, expand out in, into our global regions. And then when I moved to the U.S. in, in 2015, still part of the Sales Cloud Product Marketing team, um, I started to do a role that was not necessarily traditional product marketing but with the product marketing title, and that was recognizing that you know we're the leader in um, the, the sales world in terms of our, our sales applications, but really there was an opportunity to do so much more in terms of giving uh, giving more value to our customers. And that's really where we started to create the sales thought leadership program. Where if you think about the amount of uh, sales users that are using Salesforce, um, we just have so many uh, insights, best practices. Um, and that's where over the last few years, you know, many of the listeners would have seen things like uh, sales machines, sales summit, quotable, um, the state of sales reports. Um, it's been, it's been an honor to really see how uh, as a company, we continue to evolve to go above and beyond the product uh, and, and really give even more value as well. Um, as we know, the world of sales has always been so fast and, uh, and, and ever changing. And uh, you know, people need to stay ahead of the game. And, and I think uh, we have a big responsibility as an organization to help our customers with that. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Tim. And, and again, I also agree that Salesforce is literally putting their money where their mouth is on the ability on the responsibility to help drive the profession. I, and I appreciate that, you know, all those things you listed, uh, those are things that I, I, I can tell you I use as a resource and our customers that I work with, the sales leaders, they, they rely on those things. So tip of the cap to you for being so involved in creating such an impactful uh, set of tools to do more than just sell more, but to help people be better and, and elevate the whole profession, right? Yeah, and it, it's all about value, right? Like if we were just selling our product, um, you know, it's great that the product is so good at what it does, but ultimately we need to go above and beyond that. You know, that, that's obviously what you, me, all of us are, are teaching sales professionals day in, day out. Um, you need to truly offer value um, and, and go above and beyond. It. And so that's really where our focus has always been. All right, so that leads us to really like there's the state of like you, you had the state of the selling world that report that you mentioned that was a I loved that report, but one of the things that we sign up for as salespeople is we sign up for the more button, don't we? we? We push the more button. You know, you have a good month, you have a good quarter, you have a good year. What are you you're rewarded with more, right? We think you may have another, and there's a lot of pressure right. on salespeople. In fact. For better or for worse, a lot of us, you know, we, myself, when I say us, I mean myself, my sales career, Tim, has, I can't think of a day that I didn't wake up and like one of the first thoughts is where am I relative to the number? Is that a big part of the sales world that we're in right now? I mean, do you see that in what you're doing? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously I'll caveat this with the fact that I, I moved out of sales into marketing in 2014, but 
like most good marketing teams, we work extremely closely with our, our sales counterparts. And so, you know, just sharing from my own experience, um, I was certainly focused on the number. Um, even, I guess, 2007 when I started my sales career, um, just looking at kind of some of the material benefits. Um, you know, at university, I would track every single penny that I'd be spending. And so to be actually be able to go out and buy lunch, buy dinner, and you know, not, not have to keep checking my bank statement the whole time. And as the accounts got bigger, the deals got bigger, the commission checks got bigger. Um, and, that, and, that, and that's great. And it was certainly driving me for a long period of time. But then there are a few things that happened in my life that had, I guess, pivoted me and, and put me on a different journey. Um, and I actually think it, it's a massive challenge right now uh, for sales individuals, sales leaders. Um, how do you get this right balance between obviously performing at your job, um, even excelling at your job, but also recognizing that that's just one thing in your life. How do you get the balance with your your, your personal life, your health, your family? Um, and, and I think it really goes down to what is the individual's core values and, and what's truly important to you in your life. Yeah, one of the things that we say around here at Exfoliant, and and I and I believe like at my core, you've heard me say this, I think, is the role of a leader in my mind, the role of a sales leader isn't to help them get to the number. I just don't believe that. I think it's to help them do their very best work so they can live their very best life. And I, tell me what you think, Tim, but I think that a lot of times we think that as long as someone's hitting their number, they're good, right? I mean, agree, disagree, what are your thoughts? Have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't leave sales because I wasn't hitting my number. Every single year I was in sales, I made it to club. Um, you know, multiple years, I was over 150, 200%. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just one aspect. I mean, for me, yes. um, I was, I, I mean, I was just losing everything. Um, that, that was actually important to me. It's just I didn't recognize in that moment that it was important to me. And I was convinced, I was lying to myself. I was thinking, you know, as long as I've continued to hit my number, as long as the bank account is full, and whilst I still have the car, the house, the nice things, and everything is good, but w- what's the point of having all that stuff if actually from a, a health perspective, whether physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, if, if I don't have health there or success there, then it's, then it's all pointless. So talk to us about Uncrushed and, and what made you, what led you to realizing how important this would be and, and your mission and what you're trying to do for everyone, but maybe in particular, how does it fit with the sales leaders that we're talking to today? Yeah, absolutely. So Uncrushed uh, really fits in with the fact that in sales and in many professions, you know, we're constantly telling our sales reps to crush it, crush your number, um, but actually it's the individual that's getting crushed. Um, and, and so the concept is how do you become uncrushed? How do you, how do you take care of yourself and, and those around you? And really the, the tagline is untold, unanswered, united. And that's because there are so many topics, uh, relating particularly to mental health that are just not being talked about. There's a lot of questions that are not being answered. Um, but actually there's a, there's a great solution and that's in the community that's around us. And so we really created Uncrushed uh, as this platform for people to share their stories of experience, strength, and hope um, across all angles of mental health. So whether it's your people, perhaps an entrepreneur that's suffering from burnout, um, an individual that's, that's lost a parent, 
someone that's perhaps has, has caught, caught up in an addiction. You know, we know again with this fast-paced sales world, constantly hitting these these numbers. There, there's a number of um, uh, alcohol, drugs are, are very prevalent in uh, in the sales world, and that and that can lead people, um, including myself, down some dark paths. And you know, one of the big things for me um, last year in 2018 was I wanted to, I guess, take my mask off. Um, you know, you, you very kindly uh, talked about some of the, the successes that I've had in, in giving back to the sales community at the beginning of this podcast. Um, but actually, when I lost my dad in, in 2013, and, you know, he, he, he was my best friend. He was, I grew up just with him, and he was he was everything. And, you know, one, one day I go to work, and by the end of the evening, he's... Uh, he had a sudden stroke and died, and it, it just completely changed my life. And, you know, that took me down some really dark paths. And I, I will certainly be honest and say the last few years, you know, I've, I've tried to maintain everything and you know, continue to uh, make everything seem okay. Um, but really, I was, I was suffering. And so that's really what Uncrushed is, is, is I'm sharing my truth, um, A, because it helps my recovery, and B, because I know it will help other people. And we've just had um, such an overwhelming response from people that wanting to share their own, their own stories as well. So, Tim, first of all, thank you for, for being willing to share a little bit about your story. Your story is, is, is very personal to you, but I'm glad that you realize that your being willing to talk about it makes it okay for other people to talk about theirs. How big do you think this challenge really is? And, and is it growing? Is it, is it, you know, how, like, how meaningful is it? I know you spent a lot of time looking at it. What are some of the realities that our sales leaders should be aware of that are facing every member of their team? Yeah. I mean, if we look at uh, mental health in general across the U.S., uh, in America, one in five adults um, experience a mental illness and nearly 60% of those adults. Uh, don't get the right uh, mental health services or treatment that they need. Uh, there's a massive influx in the amount of people that are suffering from depression or anxiety. This has certainly been something we've seen a lot of in terms of people writing into Uncrushed. Um, you know, one in three people worldwide suffer from depression or anxiety. And depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. So we then think about the impact um, uh, both financially and materially to, to the organizations as the leading cause of disability. That's, that's massive. Um, you know, grief, I'm sure some people on this call will be able to relate to that, having lost a loved one, other people. It, it's the only certainty in life, right, that there, that there is going to be an end point. Um, and, and so it's, it's really sad that it's not something that we talk about. Um, I think there are, you know, so many organizations if you look at your HR benefits, you maybe get three days off when you lose a parent or a loved one, um, which, which is just absurd. And so I think some of the conversations we need to be having are, you know, one, how to recognize either in yourself or in your team uh, some of the warning signs, and then, you know, looking at how you can ultimately support them. Because there will be some things, such as with addiction, where there's some great support um, programs and resources available. And then other times is actually, you know, implementing tools such as compassionate listening. Um, because sometimes there isn't much you can say to that individual, but all they need to know is, uh, is that they're, they're loved and that they're cared for. 
So let's have those conversations that you just mentioned that we need to have. You, you talked about warning signs, and then you said another one is what are some things you can do. I, I, I think you're dead on. I think that we have a, a, a massive, uh, a massive challenge facing people that, for whatever reason, we don't talk about it. Is I love it. I think it's your name for your organization alludes to it. You know, it's, is it that machismo? It's like, hey, we're here to crush. We're here to crush, and you know, we're macho or whatever. We have no weakness. All we do is crush. Do you think that's why people don't talk about it? Yeah, and I, I think uh, like one of my, my favorite TED Talks and books is by Brené Brown, um, you know, Daring Greatly, and she really talks about the, the power of vulnerability. And if, if we look at the traditional, um, I guess, cultural views, so, for, for example, from, from a male point of view, um, uh, Brené Brown, who's a researcher, um, talks about how one of the men that she interviewed said that he would um, rather die on his horse than fall off his horse and see and have his family see that. And so there's there's all these stereotypes around, you know, men shouldn't feel emotions. Uh, or if a woman does feel emotion, then they're, they're, then they're seen as weak. Um, and and so one of my favorite quotes, um, which she refers to, is actually from um, Teddy Roosevelt in, in 1910. And he, he talks about the man in the arena um, so it goes like this, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strides valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause? who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that his place should never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And I, I just think it's amazing, you know, really um, there's so much strength and vulnerability and I completely understand how hard it can be for an individual to uh, take that first step in terms of saying, hey, I may have a problem here or I need to take some time from me. And there's so, so many stigmas associated with taking some time off work and, and looking after yourself. Um, I certainly had that on, on my side. And that's, again, another kind of key reason for Uncrushed is perhaps before you put out that call to whatever employee support uh, schemes you have from, from your HR teams, um, how you can actually just perhaps look at other people's stories and, and resonate with them. But really, as seen in the quote, I, I really think that the strength comes from vulnerability. And I have a strong belief that some of the most successful people that I've worked with are either people in recovery um, who, you know, have, have been scarred and, and who have got this dust, sweat and blood and have been through the wars and have come through on the other side. Um, or perhaps people who don't necessarily have the big war and the big story, but they really implement um, some great self-care uh, practices like we look at the amount of CEOs that are really pushing mindfulness and meditation in their daily practices. Um, you know, now self care is so much more than just physical. So, if people, I want to get into those two questions: what are the warning, what, what are the signs, and what do we do? But before we do, I, I, I have another thought that just hits me, Tim, and I'm I'm sorry because I think you're you're on to a really important issue that leaders need to be thinking about because those numbers you gave us those. 
you know, one in five and one in three numbers. That What that means is pretty much everybody that's listening to us has somebody on their team that likely needs their help. Is that is that a safe thing to say? Yeah, and if it's not someone in your team, it could be someone in your family, um, you know, whether, whether it's your children, your siblings. But either way, yeah, the, it's going to be extremely rare. You do not know someone um, that, is, that is not being impacted by mental health. And if they don't have people that help them, what things do they turn to? I mean, th- what are the things that people do if they're left to their own devices that you, you kind of, you know, when you, when you feel like you're on your own and you don't have support and, and you have nothing but pressure, what, what do people turn to as a result? So if we look at the suicide rates, there's over 130 people that are dying from suicide every day. Wow. Uh, there are over 200 people dying from drug overdoses every day. Um, you know, they're, they're just two of the ways out. Um, you know, p- potentially also just looking at employees who um, aren't necessarily turning to drugs or just suicide, but just aren't turning up to work. You know, maybe they're physically there, but maybe emotionally and mentally they're not present. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there, are, there are so many um, repercussions uh as a result of not dealing with uh, or working through some of these challenges. Yeah. I, I, I would imagine that you like you're like the suicide thing is shocking to think about, but I got to think that you see some of these other things, the abuse of different substances and you're right. Best case, they're just not very effective. That's best case. Right. And, but it's likely deeper than that. That's why I think this is so meaningful. Is, and you see me pausing on this, Tim is, I want every leader to, as they're, you know, driving in their car or they're on the treadmill at the gym and they're listening to you with your important message to start running in their mind. Wow. One in three and one in five. Who are the people that I need that? I mean, it's everyone. We should just, it's the right, it's not just good business. It's, it's doing the right thing to be mindful of these people I, I, is what I'm thinking as I talk to you, Tim. I mean, do you see it that way? I mean, am I, am I right? Am I, am I reading this the right way? Yeah, and, you know, if you look at the main causes for why people turn to drugs and alcohol, a lot of the time it's to suppress feelings, it's to numb, it's to escape, um, it's to perhaps get some energy to continue. Um, and so if you if you look at, I guess, all companies, how many times do we do happy hours as a, as a way of bringing our team together? And so that's almost uh, saying, hey, it's okay to... Um, you know, let's just get wasted after work or you know, we can position it as one or two drinks, but then it evolves from there. And, and then that's kind of setting the tone that, that that's okay. And actually there's much healthier team activities that you could do that would actually, um, you know, bring the team closer together without having to worry about who's blacking out and what's happening the following morning. Um, so, you know, I, I haven't touched a drop of alcohol for uh, coming up on two years now. Congratulations. And Thank you. Yeah, it, and it, it's certainly not easy. And, and you know, that, that's just my journey. That's my experience. And, and so I'm not certainly not saying that everyone has to stop drinking alcohol. But I guess the question I would pose to the sales leaders that are listening is perhaps just look at how many happy hours are you doing? How many team activities are you doing that are involving alcohol? Um, and a lot of the time, alcohol then normally leads to uh, other illegal substances. Uh, or, or legal substances, depending on the state that you're in, um, and, and you know perhaps that there, there, there's some alternatives, um, you know, that you could uh, use for your team. What are some things that that leaders that are listening to the show can do to help make sure that it's okay and it's expected and it's part of our culture to take care of you? 
Um, I, I, I think that that's got to be something that we don't do just if you need it. As I listen to you, leaders are responsible for helping build culture. I, I, part of the solution, Tim, doesn't it need to be that we build cultures where we expect you to have the time you need to take care of yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is certainly something that um, myself and many people have seen at Salesforce when they created the 111 model uh, back in 1999. Philanthropy was, was really at the core in terms of giving back. And, you know, when I joined Salesforce, that, that was kind of a nice thing, um, but it, it didn't jump out at me. And now I can really see the impact, um, the benefit and the significance of, of truly being on service. Uh, to other people. Um, I completely agree about the, the culture. So perhaps again, going back to the happy hour thing, perhaps looking at you're know, going to do a team building uh, experience by giving back to a particular organization local in, in the community. Um, you know, that, that's just Those one, one of many ways. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I, I think also uh, as an individual contributor, I'm going to be looking to the sales leader to, to lead by example. So, Perhaps use the team meeting as an opportunity to share some of the, the things that you do in your in your daily practice. So, you know, for me, um, I have a whole variety of things now which which I have in my uh, daily practice, which, which I need to stay alive, and I, I truly believe that. And you know, that con- contains praying, um, uh, meditation, uh, reading, um, looking at affirmations. Um, there, there, there are just so many options available. Um, so perhaps as a sales leader, just really looking at what are the things that you do, and if you're not doing them right now, what are the things you could be doing, um, and then you know sh- sharing that with your team, and you know, maybe on a monthly team meeting, get one of your individuals uh, in your team to bring something to the team. So maybe task someone each month with saying, hey, bring us uh, a, a new kind of self-help practice. Um, and and again, when we talk about self-help, yes, you've got your traditional um, health, like physical health, so working out, eating healthily, which is massively important. But then it's also looking at um, emotional wellness, spiritual wellness, and mental wellness. Um, and there's, there's so many different things that, that fit in each of these buckets. So I'm guilty as charged. I'm thinking about myself. I've been so focused on the business that I'm running and building and, and the things that we're doing uh, as part of this awesome community. I, I, you know what I think that the sales community is the greatest community in the world. But I I do it at the expense of me. And so what are some tips that you can give to make sure that, that people don't forget about taking care of themselves? Yeah. I, I mean, it all starts with you, right? So I remember when I was managing uh, a sales team, I was, I was a workaholic. That was my first addiction was work and perfectionism. And uh, I would email at all times around the clock. And, you know, perhaps when someone would say, well, uh, why are you emailing all the time? And I, well, just ignore it, you know, get to it when you get to it. But really now I can see that what I was doing was when I was sending an email at whatever time of night, I was setting an expectation that I um, wanted a response straight away, even though I wasn't conscious of it. I was also disrespecting other people's family values um, because now I can realize that actually the you know, work is massively important, but actually my health is even more important. Um, and hopefully at some point in time that that of my family and so I think it's, it's really looking at kind of what's, what's your value system, what's important to you, and then um, how can you instill that with, within your team as well. So, 
you know, particularly, uh, I know in Europe, there's certain regulations per country around when you can email, can't email. Um, uh, you know, and that, that, that's just one aspect. Let's think about perhaps you've got a, a very um, uh, spread team of remote workers. How can you start to get them more involved? How can you start to get more feedback loops um, so it doesn't feel that they're isolated and, and on their own? Um, so, yeah, it definitely starts out with the leader and, if I, you know, if I'm reporting into you and I see that you're not taking care of yourself and you're just working around the clock constantly, I'm going to feel like I have to deliver to that same standard. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to pick up the same traits as yourself. Like it. No, you're right. In fact, one of my, again, kind of the things that we found is uh, people are the world's greatest reflectors and teams very often reflect their leadership. And so you're right. If you're like always crushing, again, using the term and, and sending the email at whatever hour of the night, people feel a responsibility to say, I'll, re- I'll respond to that, you know, immediately. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm crushing too. So you're right. As leaders, yeah. we set that tempo, we set that tone and, and we've got to make it okay and not okay expected. Uh, and we should honor that and say, Hey, I, I'm not going to put a weird pressure by sending things to you that I would, you know, you might feel pressure to respond to that. That's good. What else should leaders be looking yeah. for? You know, if you're thinking about your team, what should they be thinking about? What are some warning signs? You use the term warning signs. I want to, while we have time, I want to make sure you have a chance to share some of the warning signs. And then I want to make sure we leave plenty of time to make sure that we talk about how they can uh, learn more about what Uncrushed is doing for, for everybody. Yeah, and, and also just uh, in terms of a book recommendation for, for the last question, um, one of the, the books that I love is, is called 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Um, and, and he's a, a big news anchor on the East Coast, and he really talks about how he implemented um, different techniques to really reduce stress, keep his edge, and then how he, how he rolled that out across the team as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that's... Uh, Another another good one to keep in mind. So so in terms of warning signs, um, I think it's a upfront is really getting to know the individuals within your team as best you can. If you've got too big a team, perhaps looking at uh, multi-level management to make sure that um, there's someone on your team that really does have a solid relationship with that particular employee, and that will then help you to notice. Yeah, go on, sorry. No, that's I think that's important. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Like I I don't want to interrupt you, but. Too often reps think of themselves as just a number, right? And if you know them, that's the only way that they can know they're more than just a number, right? Yeah, like if, if I look at um, some of the reasons why I'm an employee at Salesforce, it's because I truly believe that I'm valued and, and known as an employee. Um, you know, yes, there's the benefits of remuneration and um, the company itself is grateful, but I the thing that's really kept me there is the fact that I've had great and have great relationships with my managers. Um, and, you know, I really felt supported. Um, so, yeah, relationships are absolutely vital. And that will then lead into, you know, when you start to see changes in behavior. Um, so, for example, on my side, I, I never missed a day of work. And as Mr. Reliable, Mr. Perfect, and, and then, you know, I, that started to stop. Um, and yeah, that, that started to raise some, some red flags. And, um, I think also looking at perhaps when, if you are doing a happy hour, perhaps someone may be drinking a little bit too much. And perhaps if that happens a few times over and over, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a drinking problem, but it could mean that there's a big emotional problem that, that's going on. And certainly for me in my, in my case, it was a lot of 
depression and, and unprocessed grief. Um, and, and again, it, it's the right balance between, because depending on the size of your organization, um, certainly the larger organizations have great um, uh, employee success teams, offer certain support to their employees. Uh, in the U.S., we have this thing called HIPAA, which uh, essentially protects employees' confidentiality. So employees can go directly to HR and it, it won't be disclosed uh, to management, et cetera. Um, but I appreciate that not all organizations or, you know, perhaps some of the startups, mid-sized organizations, um, you know, I really think they're the ones in particular that need to focus on these relationships um, with their employees. And the last thing I would say is, is, is not to make assumptions. Um, I forgot what, what book I read it uh, in, but it was really talking about this, uh, this guy that kept turning up late for work. Um, and, you know, they, they were going to start to review um, his performance and perhaps manage them out. But it actually turned out that uh, his wife had cancer and she was going to chemotherapy and he was taking her to appointments each morning. And, and so that really then comes back to what you said earlier on, the culture. How can you generate and create a culture of openness um, and where someone feels and knows that vulnerability is okay? Um because as a manager, you're not going to be able to guess all this stuff, right? That I really do think it comes back to the culture, creating that culture where your employees will feel safe um, being able to come to you and tell you what's really going on with them. Um, I, I truly feel that um, the people that look after them, and, and this will seem like a no-brainer, but the people that are looking after themselves and most importantly taking time for themselves are going to be the ones that are actually going to put in the most successful work. So, for example, I, I go to one or two recovery meetings every single day. So that's two hours out of my wow. day. Wow. But those two hours actually means that the other hours I'm putting into the day, I, I'm performing so much better because, because I'm present, because I'm balanced, um, I'm really centered. And so in me taking time for myself, um, I could either take the attitude and approach that, oh, I'm losing time, how am I going to do all this stuff? Or I could take the approach that actually I'm doing this because it's going to make me a much better performer um, and I'm going to be putting in the best work that I can possibly do. That is such a, that's so well said. So um, we're starting to, to, to get back, get up on it on time. And I think it's, that's a great story. And so I love what you shared about warning signs. I've loved what you shared about things that leaders can do. Uh, I think most of all, I think the thing that most of all matters is just make sure that everybody that you work with knows that you genuinely care about them, not what they can do for you and, um, and have an authentic relationship where it's safe and it's okay to, to talk about things other than business, right? Yeah. I said, there's a responsibility on the individual to, to speak up. And, and so I would challenge everyone on this call to really look at what's important to you. What are your values? And, um, and again, this isn't easy for me to say. Like, it, I was in that sales career, and back then, I just until I lost my dad, I did not think that way. But um, yeah, the final example I'll give is is this uh, 17-year-old who, who's now passed uh, in England called Stephen Sutton, and he was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer, and he spent the last year of his life uh, fundraising for. Uh, the Teenage Cancer Trust, and it continues, uh, his, uh, his foundation continues to bring in money every day. But the quote that he said that I really, really love is, I don't see the point in measuring life in time anymore. I'd rather measure life in terms of making a difference. And so I would challenge people to think about, like, is it the number? It's, 
Is that what's making a difference in the world? And again, there's absolutely a responsibility to your job, to your employer who's paying the wages. But is that enough? Is that going to fulfill you? And for some people, if it does, that's absolutely fine. And there's no judgment and nothing wrong with that. Um, I know for me, though, I want to go above and beyond. And I, I, uh, I really do want to look at my legacy. I want to know that I've done everything I possibly can to help out other people in their lives. I, I think that is an amazing way to, to sum this up. I, I think that this is a really, really meaningful issue because I believe at my core, genuinely, authentically as I can, Tim, that a job of a leader is to help people do their very best work and as a result, live their best life. And too often we talk about everything but what you're talking about. So thank you. So I, I, uh, I'm not going to even ask the question of best sales leadership, uh, sales leadership challenge I usually ask because I think you've talked about a massive challenge and you've given them some great pointers. What I'd like to instead shift to, because you've already talked about a great book, 10% happier because we always are talking about how we do 10% more. Well, you've got a good one. Start by getting 10% freaking happier, right? I love that, man. I can't wait to read that book. Yeah. Next time you see me, man, point me, point at me and say, Justin, <laughs> give me a book review. Make sure, cause I, I'm committing to you. I'll read that book. Talk about, um, awesome. talk about, talk about, your website, talk about, you know, uh, April 7th was World Health Day. Talk about uh, some of your partners and your, your people that are there, the stories you're getting. What are you trying to help get done? And, and how do people get more of you? How do they get more from the people you're affiliated with? How can they participate, contribute, all of that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so the first thing I'll say is I wanted to make sure this, this wasn't a me thing. Um, uh, I don't want to let my ego explode, and that's why um, I partnered with some amazing people to put this together. And um, you know, two of the names many of the audience will know uh, from the sales industry: Tammy McQueen and Lindy Boggs. Uh, and then uh, another amazing, member, of by the way, both you know, amazing. Both of them are amazing. Amazing, yeah. super sales and marketing rock stars. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're both taking off their masks and they're sharing their own stories. Um, you know, Lindsay's been on an amazing journey, um, amazingly painful, um, but looking at what she's doing now, and then, you know, Tammy really talking about how she's managed her stress and burnout with starting a business that is, that is just growing so rapidly. Um, and then the fourth member is a lady called Janelle Gronk, who uh, has spent many years working in the health industry, working with Acadia Health Group, um, and she's really looked after so many partnerships and alliances and helped so many people. Um, uh, get, on, get on the track to recovery. So, um, yeah, so when we launched, we had the four of us that shared our stories. We've also got other people that have shared their stories. And as I said earlier on, it, it really ranges from um, you know, people sharing their stories of addiction to others who, you know, have, have perhaps um, children who have unfortunately suffered uh, abuse in school and how have they then, as a parent, helped support their kids and, and how have they... Um, manage their lives and how it impacted them. So our goal really is to have a whole variety of stories. Um, and I would highly encourage people to look for the similarities, not the differences, try and see what resonates. And so on the website, uh, which is uncrushed.org, um, we have a ton of resources. So not only do we have the stories, both in terms of uh, written articles and videos, um, we've pulled together a, a whole list of resources um, depending on uh, perhaps some of the challenges that you're facing. So whether it's looking at certain residential treatments or therapy, um, there's some uh, great services using technology like text therapy services, 
So, um, so all of that's available there. We highly encourage people also to share their stories. Um, and you know, one of the biggest aspects of Uncrushed is the community. Um, and what we did is we created this private group on LinkedIn, uh, and, and we very purposely uh, did that on LinkedIn uh, because the whole goal here is to really start to break down some of these stigmas um, in the workplace. So, um, you know, obviously we, we keep it private, private to respect uh, people's confidentiality, but we, we, we're trying to make sure that we're available as much as possible. Um, I will caveat all of this with if, you, if there is a medical emergency and, and you're in need of immediate support, um, you know, do call 911 uh, or the appropriate number in, in your country. Um, and if it's not urgent, um, you know, drop us an email and or reach out to us on one of the social channels, all of which are on our website. Uh, and one of the team will get back to you uh, as soon as we can. Oh, I love it. That is fantastic. Uh, Tim, you're doing great work, man. You've done great work in sales. Now you're just doing great work for people with this. Super, super grateful that uh, you wanted to share your story and your message uh, to our listeners. Uh, I want to thank you for being willing to lead a charge that needs to be led and for assembling such a killer team that will resonate with the people that are listening to the show. And, and I hope that as a result of what you guys do, we find that we could start turning some of those numbers down that you, those, those statistics down and have people start living more full, uh, more happier lives. And, and, and I, I can't imagine anything better than as a result of what you've done, people get that 10% happier and then some. So thanks for joining us, my friend. Any final thoughts? Absolutely. No, I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I think only through speaking about this, just like many other challenges that we face in the world, only through speaking about it are we going to start to break down some of the uh, stigmas and, uh, and help support people. It's clear from the stats that this stuff is going on. And so let's stop ignoring it. Let's just face the reality and, and let's turn this in, in, into a positive and, uh, and help our teams. And then all of it's going to be successful both professionally and personally. Tim, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for joining us. And I think we're going to have to have you come back on again sometime in the future and give us an update on how the cause is coming and the good things that are happening as a result of the work you're doing. So thanks so much, my friend, and uh, go get Thank it. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? And I think that Tim's message is so important for every salesperson and every sales leader to hear. You know, we have this stigma in sales that, you know, it's, it's, it's for crushers. You know, the, the, the old Glengarry Glen Ross that a lot of people identify as a great sales movie. I frankly have said it might be the worst sales movie because it highlights all the things that are messed up with sales. Uh, the focus on pressure and, and, and just tactics and, and ultimately it, it even has someone who has so messed up from all the pressure that the Jack Lemon character ends up committing suicide. And, and it's a huge issue that Tim's right. It doesn't get talked about enough. And so I think that we live in this world where the pressure to win, the pressure to succeed, the desire to be a crusher, it sometimes has these negative effects that we got to watch out for. Uh, I've mentioned the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross movie and, and the Jack Lemmon character makes a statement in there that says a man is his job. And that's just not true. I've heard it said, you know, just like the same thing that a salesperson is not their number. A lot of people look at the salesperson as just their number, and, and that's not true either. 
We're so focused on outcomes that we often lose track of people. So I'm super, super glad that we had Tim on here and his group uh, at Uncrush that have put this great program together to help make it okay to un- to have our quest for crushing uh, not let it crush the person and we can become uncrushed. He's joined by some amazing professionals that are fantastic. Uh, I-, I know several of them, and, and I think that their crew is – is made up of people that you probably know or have heard of, and they're willing to talk about their stories. We need to make sure that we don't have our members of our team become a casualty of this either. You know, I'm a big believer that we're part of the greatest profession in the world. And as sales leaders, our job is to create cultures where the greatness of sales is allowed to live and thrive. And the crappy parts of sales go away. And now that doesn't mean that we won't have pressure to win. We always will have pressure to win. That's what we sign up for. We sign up for the more button. But when I got done with my interview with, with Tim, I went and did a little research because I found his, his conversation with me to be so compelling. Um, I, I did a quick Google search on the top professions that lead to depression. And sales is pretty is at number 9, 10, and sometimes 11 on that list of top 10 occupations that can put you in a negative mindset. And it's easy to understand why. It's filled with uncertainty. Um, uncertainty about how much we're going to make and, and other kinds of things like that. It's filled with rejection. Um, it sometimes is filled with all kinds of crazy pressure. It, it just goes on and on. There's time away from home. And, and frankly, like Tim talked about, sometimes where we get involved in, in just lifestyle-related issues that aren't great for your health. It's just super important that we make sure that we build a, a culture that creates uncrushed professionals that are having success because we do it right. And so I I thought that the timing for this was perfect. April 7th, this last Sunday, was World Health Day. Uh, Tim wanted to have kind of this this podcast drop this week because they're doing some things as part of that because mental health is part of their world health, of course. Um, But I hope that we can leave thinking, how can we really take one of Tim's quotes and really make that something that we think about as leaders? I love when he said, strength comes from vulnerability. There's this, there's this culture around being a crusher. I work the most hours. I made the most calls. I work the weekends. You know, it, that crushing, it has side effects and sometimes they're causing damage. I, you know, we've all heard that Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross coffees for closers. I've actually heard recently people saying weekends are for wusses. We got to stamp that out. We got to make sure that part of what we do is to make it so people are well-rounded individuals because your life matters. Uh, I do believe that it's work and life integration. I don't think it's work-life balance anymore. So it's super important that we're mindful of that and that we are making sure that we're creating successful and healthy people, not just people that are turning a good return for the company. So I, I hope you go back and listen to Tim. Reach out to him. If you go to their website, uh, there's lots of ways you can get involved. Uh, there's all kinds of things. I, I've gone and checked it out. Uh, they got some great videos on there and some other things that they're doing, and there's going to be more and more. So reach out to Tim. Uh, he's done amazing things for the sales profession. None will be more important, though, than helping uh, for having these great lives because the reason that I believe this is you've heard me say this, our mission at Exvoyant, I believe that a manager, a sales manager, a sales leader's responsibility is to help everyone do their best work so as a result they can live their best lives. And doing your best work should not come at the expense of living your best life. 
it needs to be so you can live your best life. And with that, I would welcome anybody reaching out and talking to me, uh, having more light share, shared on this topic on our podcast. I'm glad we have an audience where we can listen to this. Just finish this episode today, sales leaders, and, and take some time this week saying, what am I doing to help them do more than just produce? What am I doing to help them have their best life? Thanks to Tim. Thanks to the Uncrushed crew. And I wish you, as always, uh, happy selling. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exploit, the modern sales leadership platform for Salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com.